the final thing that I want to say that every body should know how to do, not just women. Like, honestly, if you're a lady boss, you should know how to make one kick-ass meal. All I'm saying is one. Welcome to Persister with Candice Lowry. I am Candice Lowry. What is a persister? A persister is a little play on words of nevertheless she persisted, but also a woman who has truly broken through that glass ceiling and has really forged a path and a name for herself in whatever business she's in. You can listen to Persister on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. everybody, welcome back to another episode of Persister. I am Candace Lowry and I am doing a solo ep today. I'm chilling right now with uh, Posey, so if you hear her meow, that's just, um, you know, her saying hi to, to the world. So, oh, yeah, if you guys don't know who Posey is, it's my little sweet cat and she's a Scottish fold. If you want to follow her, she's at Posey the Scottish. I think, <laughs> and, um, you know, I post about her life a lot, and she's super sassy, but um, let's get into today's episode. I want to talk about 10 things that all lady bosses need to know how to do, and, you know, I really thought about this list. It's a mix of business and food and lifestyle and just overall happiness. <laughs> These are not just like ask for a raise and, you know, be sure to make a cool business outfit. Like these are things that can really help you throughout life. A couple of these things uh, I don't know really how to do that well yet. So I'm learning along with you. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, get started. So the first thing that I'm actually working on is you need to stop apologizing. So know how to just bump into somebody without saying sorry or, and I noticed that this is like such a feminist rant right now, but I noticed that even when I'm in an elevator or feel like I'm taking up too much space, I apologize. Or if I am walking towards someone and I feel like I'm in their space, I apologize. And it's like, why? Why am I saying sorry for things that I literally should not be apologizing for? You know, and it's like, we're still, I don't know if it's that we're ingrained to say these things or what the deal is, but it's like everywhere I go, I feel like I need to apologize for even existing. <laughs> and, you know, it's not a good feeling when you think about it. And there have been these challenges where you tell yourself for the whole day, you won't say sorry. And a lot of people are like, oh, this is going to be so easy. I never do that. I never apologize. I'm not that person. I'm very like strong-willed and very confident with myself. And so many people will tell you that they noticed they were just automatically saying it. They weren't even thinking about it. And it just started happening. And I think that's something that is a big habit that we need to stop or to break. So, you know, the first challenge here is to learn how to just live your life without apologizing for everything. <laughs> All right. So number two is that you need to know how to save your money. 
And I know I have talked about this in the past, but you have to do it. It is so easy to overspend, especially with social media culture and everybody seeming like they have everything and you don't have anything and that you want to buy something to look good just for a picture or you want to be able to be able to travel and indulge yourself and YOLO is basically your lifestyle and you're overspending and then when the time comes around we're going to be 65 and be like, oh my God, I don't have any money. I spend all my money partying in the Bahamas at 26, which honestly doesn't sound that bad, but but you want to be able to set up a future for yourself that doesn't involve worrying and freaking out. And you want to be able to say, you know, Candace, I'm setting this money aside because I love myself and I want myself to be a rich bitch when I retire and I want to be financially stable and I want to live a good lifestyle. So it doesn't have to be some giant, huge ass amount. It just has to be 15% of your paycheck. And this can go into a fund that you never look at again until... 20 years down the road and sooner or later you're going to realize you have so much money saved up and it's hard especially for someone like me who's very spontaneous I hate waiting and I hate saving things (laughs) and I you know if someone hands me a cookie and nobody else has a cookie it's really hard for me not to just eat the cookie without waiting (laughs) so just force yourself force yourself to set aside that money and know that it's it's still yours and you're going to have it but you know invest it smartly if you have enough money saved up invest it smartly to where it'll slowly appreciate not so it's just sitting there in a bank account you know not doing anything so number 3 i think this is number 3 here be comfortable being alone during a weekend be comfortable being by yourself and not saying anything and This is really hard for me, especially if you have anxiety out there. Well, some of you with social anxiety are probably like, I love being alone, Candace. What are you talking about? (laughs) But be okay being alone. And this is something that's really hard. It's very hard for me because I always feel like a loser if I'm alone, if I'm by myself. And there's no reason that I should feel that way. And I've just slowly learned to enjoy myself be happy being alone and I can get all this fun stuff done. I can watch trash TV. Recently on a Friday night, I literally blocked off three hours from like 7 to 10 p.m. and did a Bob Ross painting. (laughs) Like those are the times that you're going to be so proud of yourself and be like, I kept myself entertained and actually had the greatest self-date of my life on a Friday and it was totally worth it. I had a couple glasses of wine sitting with Posey, doing a Bob Ross painting. And then I just watched trash TV at night. So it was so amazing. And then I also had a bubble bath. And that to me was essentially treating myself. And it was fantastic. And I was happy that I was like, Candace, you're not a loser. You're literally just treating yourself right now. And you deserve to relax. And just because you don't have something to do constantly doesn't mean that you're not making the most out of your life. So, you know, it's just a pro tip is just be okay being alone. Even eating alone. I still have a 
I'm so afraid to eat at a restaurant alone because I think people are going to think I'm a loser. Like how shallow is that? And to be able to be confident by yourself is a great trait to have. And you should always know you need to be happy with yourself before you can be happy with anyone else. So number four is, this is a tough one. This is really hard. I am, you know, working on this. It's scary to do this. Um, And it is being able to end a toxic friendship. And I am the most non-confrontational person. I hate confrontation. I, if someone like were to punch me in the face, I'd just be like, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. But when you grow up and you go through all these different life stages, there are people in your life that turn toxic. It sucks sometimes, but it's worth having that conversation. If someone is being completely negative or somebody has really changed in taking on a really selfish persona or if they just aren't being a good friend, it's time to cut them off and it's okay to do that. It's really, it's one of those things, honestly, where it's like, it's not you, it's me because I want to be a happy person. And there were some friends in my life that just, they were toxic. And you, I think it's like the the puss way out if you just stop talking to them. But it's important to tell them like, look, I, I want to be honest with you. I have noticed X, Y, Z. It's been really tough on me. You can ask if everything's okay. Maybe something's not. You know, maybe there's some underlying issue. But it's important to talk to them about it. But, you know, I know that that's extremely difficult and awkward and cringe. So I don't want you to just ghost a friend, but I think it's worth talking to them about it. I know that my mom... I've watched this firsthand from my mom and it was actually a really great learning experience for me to see how she handled it. And these were people she had been friends with for so long. And it got to a point where they were no longer lifting her up. It had become an extremely negative environment. And, you know, she had tried so hard to change every negative into a positive. And then it got to a point where there was really nothing she could do. And even if you have to get to the point of not talking to this person or cutting them off, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're out of your life forever. You know, this could be an important moment in your friendship to make yourself stronger. It's always good that you don't have to be friends with someone just because they've been in your life so long. You know, people change and that's something that's important to notice. So number five is to... Posey, do you hear this? She's like whining because I'm not petting her. Number five is do your taxes and know how to do your taxes. Doing your taxes is one thing, but understanding what you're doing, knowing what you're doing when you do your taxes is very important. Sometimes people just, I mean, I get it. TurboTax is super easy, blah, blah, blah. But knowing where your money is going, knowing how to write everything off, um, choosing the right option for doing your taxes is also important. Sometimes thinking about hiring 
someone to do them for you seems expensive and scary, but in the long run, they could be getting you back way more money than you could be getting at something like a TurboTax. And I know that my taxes are really wonky because I usually have multiple W-2s. I also, if you work for yourself or get YouTube money, get money from a third party, that money is not taxed and know how to set aside that money for when tax season comes around. And we, my family uses the same accountant as I do. And, or should I say I use the same accountant as my family. And I remember the first time I put in the W-2 for YouTube money, none of it was taken out by taxes. And I had to force myself to calculate, okay, knowing California, 40% of everything I get will probably go to taxes. And I want to be overestimating versus underestimating. And I want to be able to be comfortable and say, I have set aside all of this and it is all here and I'm not worrying about it. And so I've created multiple bank accounts where all that money is going and you just don't touch it. But when tax season does come around, it's important to know your dates. And it's so easy to just push things off, push things off. But the quicker you do it, the quicker you'll get your refund or have to pay a lot. (laughs) But the quicker things will be out of your hair. And you can always file for an extension. But know that around, you know, end of February, early March, you should have that statement from your employer. And you should just just take a class, just read an article, you know, go on to the Harvard Business Review, anything that's just very legit. Be sure to know where your money is going, why your money is being taken away. I mean, When I got my new job in Washington, it was incredible to know that certain taxes didn't apply. Others did, others didn't. But it was great to know where my money was going and how I needed to save my money. So really, don't rely on just an app or a person to do your taxes for you. Understand where your money is going. So based off of that money conversation, um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive more into talking more about finances, but also about, you know, being an adult, living your best life, being able to cook and being financially stable. So um, we will be right back. Thank you everyone for listening and I just wanted to remind you all to rate, review, and subscribe to Persister with me because it's very helpful in spreading the word and um, getting the show out there. So I just wanted to thank you all again for listening and let's get back into it. Hello everyone, welcome back to Persister. I am still alone in my apartment and we are talking about the top 10 things all lady bosses should know how to do or top 10 skills we all should have. Um, So we were just recently talking about money and uh, it makes the world go round and I'm just like everything has to be about money lately. (laughs) But the... The thing that I wanted to talk about is every woman, all right, 
every person really should know how to ask for a raise, not only ask for a raise, but ask for a raise with confidence. And there is a certain skill that's involved because it's not just asking because you want more money. It's the fact that you know that you're worth so much more than what they're paying you. And a lot of people are afraid to ask for raises because they think that their employer will think they're not happy or that they're not worth their time or that they could have kind of a bad taste in the mouth from it. But honestly, when I've had Erin LaRosa on um, a couple episodes ago, she was so right. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Someone just says no like seriously it's it's one of those things again with confrontation that you have to get used to but when the skill comes around you can either do it during a one-on-one or a planned time um because this isn't a negative thing that needs to be addressed as soon as possible for a lot of companies they only provide raises at either your yearly review or uh semi year no not semi yearly semi yeah no, by <laughs> two times a year. They do one at the beginning of the year and summer. And that's really the time where decisions are made um, because there are budgets that are allotted. Um, but if you do have another offer, totally feel free to tell them anytime. Um, they'll find the money. But when you're prepping for this, be sure to get all of the skills you've acquired in the amount of time, all your accomplishments, and what qualifies you for a raise. I mean, it's a two-way street. Like, you don't deserve a raise just because you've been there. Like, you need to put in the time and effort. And it's all about just presenting everything that you've done, showing the job that you've had and how well you've done it, and just asking for a reasonable number. Um, That's around 10%. You don't want to ask for, you know, can I have $20,000? Like, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but it's worth talking about for 10%. You know, find the no- ideal number you want and then pitch a little bit higher than that. Because they could always negotiate back and forth with you. And it's really important. And if they say no, it's not any hard feelings. It's actually a great time to talk about what you can do to be ready for that raise or reevaluate where you are in the company. So, you know, after that, one of the things we should all be good at and be able to do is be financially stable on your own. And financial independence is incredible once you actually get it and you feel so good about yourself. I know that, you know, for a lot of people that are students and they're, that you know, they have to rely on their parents or they have to rely on family. It makes sense. But I think... If you can work up to the point of being financially stable, being finan- I mean, well, actually not even stable, but being financially independent, you really make that work count so much more. And it can be something that you can work up to. You don't have to be that now. I just think that that's, you know, something that as women, we're often told that we need to be supported financially or that from a traditional sense you know, we shouldn't be making more. And that's really not the case. If you're putting in the work, you gotta, you're being paid more than your partner. Like, so what? If they're putting in the same amount of work, that's all that matters. (laughs) And they're getting paid. Um, So it is a slow process. If you're especially after school, you have to kind of get those loans set aside. But also, 
you don't have to be in a mansion as soon as you graduate. You don't have to be in a mansion to be financially stable. It's sometimes you need to start in like a nasty studio apartment. That's just the way life is. But it makes you more appreciative of what you do have and how hard you've worked for it. So the next thing that I think I'll say, I think this is number number eight. Is it eight? Oh my god. Um number eight is know when to say no. And I think that that is very hard for a lot of people. I am such a people pleaser. I need everyone to be happy at all times. And I need everyone to be okay. And I am kind of a control freak. And so often I just say yes to things all the time. And I over... I basically overbook myself and then I'm tired and then I get sick and then I get sad and I don't feel good. And it's just this horrible cyclical cycle. Cyclical cycle? Can I say that? (laughs) But um, yeah, and it's it sucks to let people down sometimes. But, you know, just like we were talking about well, I was talking about in the race is what's the worst thing that can happen? You say no, unless it's a huge favor. I mean, just practice on knowing your limits and saying no. And it's okay to have a break in your schedule. I know for sure that I like to take on a lot of things. And just because I'm afraid that I'll miss a certain opportunity or that I'll miss something. And then I spread myself way too thin and that I'm not putting 100% effort in the main things that I should be doing. And I've done this with work so many times where I say yes to all these different projects because they all sound so fun. And then when the time comes around, I have no time to put in quality work and I'm stressed. I can't sleep. It affects your mental health. But this is also the case with friends. There are, it's honestly the FOMO culture that we live in is that People are so afraid to say no to a social event or say no to some random outing or another club just because they're afraid that they won't have the experience that other people will have or that maybe one friend is getting closer to your friend than the other. And when we become so afraid to say no, it really puts a stress on your mental health and It's not good to be jealous or worrying about what other people are doing that you're going to possibly miss out on. And then there's this whole aspect of feeling like you need to be a part of their social media. People are going to be taking pictures. You're not going to get to be in the pictures. What if people see you home alone? What if people ask where you are? I get it. Saying no to social outings for a lot of people is super easy. Like, if I was an introvert, I I would probably be loving saying no or sitting there like hoping things get canceled. <laughs> but sometimes you know that you are saying yes to too many things when you're hoping that stuff gets canceled. Not because you don't like the person, but you just don't want to go. <laughs> and, and I have had that so many times. But um, it's just important, again, to come full circle is being happy with yourself when you're being alone 
And you're not a loser for not going out to dinner one night. Also, you're probably going to save a lot of money. (laughs) And, you know, if you're at work, you say no to a project and someone asks you why, well, can you keep up with this? You will probably have the reasons in your arsenal and say, look, I don't want to take on more than I can right now because I want my work to be the best possible. And I'm not telling you to be lazy and say no to projects, but this is for people that really have a hard time just not being people pleasers and trying to be an overachiever. And I know that with people like me that are super competitive, you always want to be like the number one kiss ass, to be quite honest with you, you know? But, you know, it leads me to another point, which is you should be able, every single person, honestly, should be able to take criticism. And I think sometimes we can be so sense. I actually, I can be so sensitive to criticism and I'm so stubborn and it's, I'm proud a lot of the time. And it's hard for me to just be humble and accept the fact that I'm not great at everything and that you can always be better. And one of those things came with accepting criticism. And anytime I have a yearly review, anytime we have to go over notes for a big project, it's like I hate rejection. But at the same time, you should be thankful for the criticism. Now, when I say thankful for the criticism, I do not mean please let people bully you and be mean. What I do mean is that when you turn something in that you think you did so well on, or you've worked so hard on something and people have a lot of feedback, it can really bruise your ego. I remember when I started one of my last jobs, I thought I was so good at this presentation and I thought everything would be great and it was so cool. And then I had so many notes and it made me so sad and it made me like not want to try anymore. And sometimes when you're like me, that can happen. And it's just all about listening, knowing that these people also want you to be the best you can be. They don't want to break you down. They do want to build you up. Sometimes it just takes a lot of criticism. And honestly, it can only make you a better person. But when you're taking criticism, it's okay to ask why. It's okay to question, um, you know, where they're coming from. Ask for clarification, you know, ask for any ideas that they have. People love feeling needed, honestly. People love feeling smart. But I get it. I whenever I'm at the bottom of the totem pole of things and I am like, I'm gonna be up top one day, it's like I can't take criticism. But it's one of those things that you have to be humble and know that they are not coming at you with any cruel intentions. And if you believe they are Don't be afraid to ask questions. That's all I'm saying, you know? But the final thing that I want to talk about is that this has nothing to do with business. (laughs) The final thing that I want to say that everybody should know how to do, not just women. Like, honestly, if you're a lady boss, you should know how to make one kick-ass meal. All I'm saying is one. You should you should have a specialty. And I love the fact that I was able to challenge myself to master just one dish, not cereal, not eggs, 
but something that you can be really proud of and feel super fancy. So the one dish that I am absolutely incredible at is a roasted lamb chop with cauliflower rice and grilled asparagus. And I am so good at it. And I am so proud of myself for doing it. Because honestly, it's all part of adulting. And I know some of you are like, women shouldn't be told that they have to know how to cook. I get that. I get it. But you also need to be an adult. You need to come home and be able to impress people and be able to be cultured (laughs) and make an adult-ass meal. And I love knowing this skill because I can just impress the hell out of people. But also, I have a perfect dish anytime. I need to go to a dinner party or anytime I'm meeting someone and they're coming over for the first time and I want to impress them. So, you know, in this time alone that you have, you should totally be working on your cooking skills or even cocktail making skills. Have one culinary trait that you are just kick ass at, even if it's making the best hollandaise sauce or making an exact replica of a Big Mac. I don't know. (laughs) Just get good at something. And it's one more step to adulthood. And I know that sounds stupid. But it's also, you know, a life skill as well that you can have. And um, it's something that I've learned to love to do alone. And I'm really proud of. But um, enough about food. I just I love food so much. Um, Yeah. So those are those are about the 10 things I would say to own, to do, to nail as a lady boss. So, you know, be able to save 15% of your money, be comfortable being alone, do your taxes, uh, have a signature meal, learn how to take criticism, stop saying sorry in a toxic relationship, know when to say no, be financially stable with, without anyone else. Okay. And be able to manage your money smartly. So I just hope that this was able to help you a little bit. Um, But I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about, you know, kind of the essentials to really growing as a lady boss. And I think that these have been super helpful. And I'm praying for you all this tax season, and I hope that you're filing your taxes accordingly. (laughs) But um, yeah, so thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.